Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who would never cop out and take a vacation from podcasting, <laughs> my dedicated friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm a little sleepy today, quite honestly, James B., but always always ready to start a podcast. And I'm definitely not just a bank of sound bites in this podcast. <laughs> well, I'll have to be extra awake because you're extra asleep, and that will hopefully make up Balance for it. Me. Let me do the first summary for Woo. you then, because that way it'll give you a chance to uh, wake up a little bit. Uh, this first book is actually not from Stan Lee anymore. It's, the writer is Jerry Conway. The artist is John Romita. And they present The Amazing Spider-Man 112, Spidey Cops Out. Picking up from our previous podcast, Spidey drops off Martin Blank, who, if you remember, is the Gibbon, in the hospital. And then he tells the nurse to burn his costume. Spidey worries about his Aunt May, and in two of the flashback panels as he's worrying about her, uh, Doc Ock makes an appearance. So, Eddie, I was thinking that the writer, uh, Jerry Conway, is showing me Doc Ock twice. This is kind of a giveaway that Doc Ock might be showing up again. Uh, It upset me. The only thing that made it okay was that Spider-Man was still burning costumes so the police can't give them back to the criminals. Uh, That makes me happy. A theme he has kept... Very solid for quite a while. A Green Goblin-esque costume burning. Um, I-, I was just happy because this is the moment that uh, Doc Ock is having a cup of tea with Aunt May, and that totally distracted me from the thought that Doc Ock was actually there twice. So, not bothering me at all, James B. Spider-Man hears some gunshots, and then a car driving away, and you would think that would bother him, and he wants to get involved, but he hesitates, and then... Just changes his mind entirely. That's right. He doesn't do anything. He skips helping another person as well. Oh, and listeners, don't get too upset. The characters are carefully depicted as bookies or people welching on bets and owe money. So the reader won't be too angry with Spider-Man ignoring the cries for help. (laughs) Eddie, are you okay with Spider-Man ignoring these cries for help? Uh, Well, you know, I got to think back to the last time he kind of neglected something. I think it was when uh, the kangaroo was around and he rushed to the train station to pick up Aunt May. Uh, I I like this slightly more self-centered Spider-Man because he's got a lot going on in his life. So deal with it, criminals. Just can't the police do anything? The police just want to shoot Spider-Man, I feel like. Yeah, he does have a lot going on in his life. And and Eddie, if... As if worrying about his aunt wasn't enough, he also has to worry about J. Jonah Jameson, who is on his case for not taking any photos lately. Spider-Man shakes down a criminal and finds out there's a gang war going on in Midtown. Haven't had a good gang war in a while. Um, After a brief Flash and Gwen scene, remember them? Spidey finally gets to fight some criminals. Um, After a gun battle, Spidey dives in and fights hand-to-hand. And he's Doing okay, but the guys are kind of strong because they're wearing these power packs under their jackets, which make them, you know, stronger. Um, as Spidey starts taking a closer look at one of those backpacks, he's kind of pondering the technology. The aforementioned Doc Ock arrives, and the book ends. Boom, he's there. <laughs> <laughs> the guy we saw earlier having a cup of tea with Aunt May in dream form. I, I thought it was pretty freaky. Um, two things for me in this book. One, the enhanced strength. I I feel like the goons are just getting huge roles in this book. I know it's like Spidey doesn't care, so they're going to portray a lot of crime all throughout. Uh, But 
this enhanced strength goon at the end really surprising to me. I, I honestly I couldn't figure out what was going on until you know the, the pack fell off him and then that well, gave a mystery to us as to who was going to show up, right? Right. Well, I assure you the goons are going to get a lot more attention in the next issue. But before we talk about that, I think it's time for a sponsor. All right, I'm ready, Eddie. I'm proud to welcome back to the podcast our great friends over at the Spider-Man Security Guard Company. You may recall from episode 49 of Let's Read Spider-Man that Spider-Man security guard personnel are trained to let people go if no one gets hurt or someone gets just kicked in the face or if there's an opportunity for the person to go back to the girlfriend since that's really where it's at. Now, Spider-Man security guard personnel will not only let people go, they will ignore crimes against people who are kind of shady, such as bookies or people who owe money or Joe Jessiwa fans. Listen, they will ignore crimes if they don't want to get involved. That's another reason. Like, lots of reasons why the security guards won't do anything. So you can save money. You can save unnecessary paperwork filed with real police officers or real security guards. And you can have the Spider-Man security guard company send someone to sort of help today. You can find them on Instagram at ssgc.com. What a what a ringing endorsement for these guys again. Yeah, it's even better now. Before they would just let people go. Now they don't even, you know, bother the people. It's even easier. Wow, James B. This has got to be one of the worst sponsors. <laughs> a hire someone to protect you who's going to be like, yeah, maybe not. Is it bother you more that they let people go or that they don't stop them at all? I, I think don't stop them at all. Like, you know, sorry, I'm eating my cheese sandwich. I, I can't interrupt you right now. I don't know if that's a viable reason. That wasn't in the copy, but, you know, well, don't add, say, don't add you your know. own don't add your own things to the... I'm reading into the sponsor a little bit. That's all. say if they're having coffee. <laughs> it just says if they don't want to get involved. If they're working for Jay Jonah, then they're not having coffee. Um, well, if they're working for Jay Jonah, according to Jay Jonah, they're always having coffee. <laughs> All right, Eddie, if you're done making fun of our uh, sponsor there, why don't you just go on to the next summary? <laughs> that was just a little casual criticism that I like to offer to some of our sponsors, but I will I don't actually, continue. I, just want to say, I don't actually remember asking for your opinion on this one. <laughs> Usually I ask you. <laughs> Rewind this tape. I didn't ask you. I just wanted to move on because I knew you were going to say something. I got a sponsor back. <laughs> Thank you, James B. I, mm. I'm impressed. I, yes. Whatever efforts you're making, I just feel like they they just don't have many Spider-Man podcasts to go to. So we're really going to go. <laughs> All right. Moving on. The Amazing Spider-Man number 113. They call the Doctor Octopus. Uh, we begin with Doc Ock whacking the strength-enhancing exoskeleton suit from Spidey's hand while informing him he must die. Spidey is very ill, and just as Doc Ock's removing his mask, he blinds him with web, allowing for a quick exit. Is it possible for Doc Ock to stop Spidey from webbing his glasses? Uh, this seems like the eternal weakness, James B. Uh, Doc Ock actually implies that he's you, you can't get him this way. He says in the book, like, you won't fool me this way again. I've got some special, like, Rain-X or something on his glasses, so it won't stick. Yeah, that's... So he, 
So he like wipes off his glasses really easily, but Spider-Man's like run away already. It makes it extra hilarious. I'm like, you go through several panels of being like, blinding me, yes, but only the most monstrous of idiots would allow himself to be tricked twice by the same ploy. Let it be noted, this is not the second time this has happened. And he gets away. It, it works just the way it always has. Blinded, and either you get punched in the face or you run away. And that's he it. also, but he got away without his mask. Like, Doc Ock has his mask off. True. Again, which has happened before. Super. I know. I think one of the only uh, people that unmasked Spidey in life. I, I'm well, just like kind of like a few issues ago, Spidey was rocking around without his mask on. <laughs> Basically, there was like a whole group of gang leaders checking it out. So we don't, it doesn't matter. That guy could be anybody. <laughs> so then it doesn't even matter if Doc Ock unmasks. Right. You look like whoever. Generic Peter Parker. Uh, well, Doc Ock chucks the mask into the trash, uh, where Randy Robertson later finds it on his way home. Randy has a heartwarming conversation with his mom and dad until we switch back to Octavius commanding his criminal organization and mentioning crooks by name. Uh, Bernie Rufio Waldo. <laughs> Suddenly, our normally bland supporting criminal goon cast has names. Which which one's your favorite, James B.? Um, before I... Uh... Before I tell you this, you missed two of the goons' names. I, I know. I I only put three in there. I didn't want to be naming them all day, but go ahead. Oh, tell well, us the other two. <laughs> they both get multiple name drops. That's Tony oh. and Carl. So, you know, don't forget them. Um, clearly, Eddie, between Tony, Carl, uh, Waldo, and Bernie, the name <laughs> you want to discuss is Ruffio. <laughs> no I, surprise here. I pronounced that Rufio in a uh, hook circa whatever year that was with, um, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the late Robin Williams. The ra- late Robin Williams, the bad kid character in that. His name is Rufio. And I was like, Rufio. <laughs> oh, and I pronounced this Ruffio because you he's like said Ruffio. a ruffian. I, yes, I had a flashback there. I'm like, Rufio's here. Watch out, Peter Pan. Uh, but I'll go on. But it looks like a new shady crime boss is emerging. The flat-headed mystery man orders Bernie, one of Doc Ock's goons, shot, setting the groundwork for a trap. Doc Ock sees through the trap and easily dispatches the competing crime boss's men. Otto Octavius declares war again. I really like the part where he goes, Dr. Ock goes, or hired men so helplessly incompetent. I, I think this is on page 10, although we don't we don't have page numbers. Uh, do you feel a little bit of a uh, irony in Doc Ock saying Flathead Crime Boss has hired incompetent men here? He says, idiots, what'd you stand so close to the blasted door for? The boss <laughs> is going to be real mad about this, real mad. And then he comes in and Dr. Octopus says, Slightly angrier than you realize, Dolt. If I were your boss, I'd be most displeased. But then, if I were, I'd have never planned such a venture so futile or hired men so hopelessly incompetent as you. I, you know, it, I got, I've got to agree. I like the writing here, particularly the word Dolt being used. Um, but Doc Ock has a long history of hiring people. Master Planner. You remember the Master Planner, James B.? <laughs> Of course I do. One of our so, uh, sponsors. Yeah, so let's let's go time warp here. Boo, doo, doo, doo. Back to Spider-Man 56. Let me just read. The army men are just storming Doc Ock's headquarters here. This is in case you remember. Do you remember in 56 what happened to Spider-Man by chance? Doc Ock is there. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't recall. You, uh, you he, would... 
he he forgets and he manages to trick Spider-Man into thinking that they are, you know, together. Spider-Man has amnesia and he's been gotcha. helping yes, Doc Ock. Yes, now I recall. Anyways, things look really bad and they're storming in. And here, here's uh, Doc Ock, some of his best hirees. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. We're not taking lead for Doc Ock. He's the one you want. Uh, keeping in mind here, not a single bullet has been shot by anyone. <laughs> Doc Ock hires incompetent people. Moving on. Back at Peter's apartment, we see Peter collapse as a knifing through his middle becomes too great. He awakes in a sweat. Gwen calling his name. Dr. Bromwell appears and diagnoses Peter with nervous exhaustion. He prescribes Peter a bland diet under Gwen's supervision because he thinks Peter has a dudanal ulcer. After some rest, Peter heads out to bring some photos to J. Jonah at the Bugle. Uh, James B., are you worried about Peter? Um, I am, but I'm. did you say he thinks... Peter has an ulcer. I mean, that's what he's diagnosed with here, yes. You know, it says in the book, like, you know, you have an ulcer. But you're like, well, he thinks Peter has an ulcer. I just want to know, did you did you acquire, like, some other medical knowledge? that I, I, I just, um, you know, not to call Dr. Bromwerk's, Dr. Bromwell's medical es- expertise into question, because I know he has been on our, pods, uh, on our podcast as a sponsor before, but you're going to have to give me some stronger evidence rather than... Dr. Bromwell saying, you know, okay, so wait, steal this. Basically, Dr. Bromwell says Peter has an ulcer. Did you spend <laughs> seven to ten years getting a uh, a gastroenterologist uh, a great no, degree could, or something? He could have arms popping out. I was like, is his arms going to pop back out? I mean, it's a possibility. That's the last time he had abdominal pain. <laughs> Am I wrong here? Just, this is interesting that, like, I actually understand your point. Your point is... You think he's being misdiagnosed by a doctor because Spider-Man has a lot of wacky things going on with him. Yes, exactly. And I'm thinking, why don't you believe a doctor because he's a doctor? (laughs) And you're not just said, like, take some Pepto. He's like, you've got to do a dental ulcer. Like, he called it. Like, he's been stressed and having nightmares for books. Last time he had... (laughs) abdominal pain arm maybe the arms have internally grown and they're like punching his stomach <laughs> all right his old missing arms i will tell you that i feel when he's like hey you have an ulcer 85 percent, he's right apparently you're thinking much lower i you know what maybe perhaps i should go back and look for some quotes from dr bromwell uh diagnosing aunt may he's <laughs> exhaustion the book she is has really, a weak heart <laughs> eddie i've been listening to our podcast while we're doing it we have lines that say things like, Peter is all stressed out. You know what I mean? It, Peter, it makes sense. Literally, but... my line from like, my line from 10 minutes ago was, as if worrying about his aunt was not enough, he has to worry about J. Jonah Jameson being on his case. And now he's like, he's got an ulcer. You know what gives you an ulcer? He... Worrying. <laughs> he, uh, he thought he had the flu. I mean, he thought he lost his spider powers and it turned out he had the flu. I, I just don't trust anything to do with uh, medical diagnosis in Spider-Man anymore. Sorry, James B. But that's Spider-Man was wrong. Dr. Bromwell said he had the flu and Dr. Bromwell was correct. I will have to relook up some of uh, Dr. Bromwell's past diagnosis to see if I can find evidence that this man may not know what he's talking about all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like he may be diagnosing someone who's Spider-Man and not noticing he's Spider-Man. There, no, <laughs> there is not. It appears you have super strength. Why is your heartbeat twice as strong as a normal human's? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, we don't, what we got one paragraph left on this. Yeah. That, I, have other, I have things to still say here, but I, I'll wait. Me too. I, I, all right. Moving on. Uh, 
Later, Peter wakes up and he heads over to the Bugle to give some pictures to J. Jonah. While there, Ned gives him a lead on where his aunt might be. Without his mask, he quickly swings off, stealing an ill-fitting cellophane mask from a costume shop. Just as he's arriving at the address, Doc Ock shows up, swinging. Peter is weak, but thankfully he uses the abandoned strength-enhancing suit Doc Ock created from earlier against him. He beats the human mollusk, but as he's stumbling to stand, a very pleased hammerhead appears. You're really proud of yourself with the line, the human mollusk, aren't you? <laughs> I thought about it for a while. I'm like, how many different names can I call Doc Ock? He's a mollusk. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So let's see what we didn't get to cover in issues one, uh, what is this, 112, 113? That's correct. So the only thing I wanted to talk about is, well, I have a lot of things. Did you notice that uh, the the mask, uh, he gets like, when the mask gets torn off and everything, they put like a little rip above his nose. Yes. And then when Peter is being treated by Dr. Bromwell, he, they're like, oh, you have a little cut on your nose. At the bugle, looking at the mask that uh, Joe Robbie has, he doesn't put together like, hey, wait a second, you got an injury on your nose that matches this mask. But you kind of could see it there if you looked for it. Yes, because he's, there's a little blood on the mask. That's why J. Jonah thinks it's the authentic mask, too. I got a few other things, but anything you want to go take a turn? What do you got? I, not to go back and harp on Peter in bed here, but he's got his shirt off, right? Do you feel like this is a good drawing of Peter Parker laying in bed shirtless? Um, Again, there's no page numbers in this book, so no, I, I didn't know. remember it's anything. I didn't that. notice anything particular. That's different than how I they mean, usually draw him. He has like the most barrel-chested kind of Captain America body build with his shirt off. There's no longer a scrawny Peter Parker. He's got abs, you know, like six-pack on the front of him. And then he's got the muscles, like, you know how they're underneath his... Well, I wouldn't know. You probably wouldn't know either, James. <laughs> the muscles underneath, like his pectoral muscles, we could say. So. Sure, sure. You brought this up before. I, I just don't think it's a... I think it's sort of like Peter Parker doesn't wear glasses anymore either. Yeah, I mean, like I they, they did. They changed this a while ago, I think. I think it's just assumed that he's strong and he's a little older and like everybody knows he's got a... You know, the out. girls like him because he has a nice body now. Like, he's fully developed. Oh, yeah. I think you just have to... I don't like it. Okay, well, you're not going to like it for <laughs> 800 more issues, so just get Boo. used to it. <laughs> this isn't a big surprise. So I need scrawny little, you know, wispy Parker. All right. This is not part of our... Um, this is a little bit of a game. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Spider-Man goes into a costume shop and he finds a costume. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Eddie, I'm looking for a real person okay. in real life, alive oh. or dead, a real person. Hulk okay. is not a real person. Right. That could say, oh, man, I lost my clothes, but I can go into the costume shop and buy clothing that I would wear. Hmm. Let me give you one. How's that? Sure. Give me one. I think Elvis could walk into a store and say, do you ah. have any Elvis clothes? And they could be like, here, and he could be like, perfect. You could put them on and he'd be Elvis. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, like in the same vein, could we say like Madonna? I mean, she's had some iconic outfits. I don't know if Madonna could walk into a store and they would sell Ooh. Madonna clothes and you'd be like, that's clearly Madonna now. Ah, uh, I see. But I think you could do like Marilyn Monroe's dress. Uh, okay. All right. Maybe that would work, right? All right. Yes. Hmm. This is not that easy. I mean, I, I got a couple more. Who has an iconic outfit they're known for? Um, alive. 
not in the land of... She got me thrown off because I'm not talking about a, Sp- a Spider-Man comic right now. <laughs> right. Well, because the, the logic is Spider-Man walks in and says, hey, there's a costume that I would wear for ah. me. And like, he's lucky that they have a true. non-fictional costume. <laughs> like, if you're like a police officer or a fireman, you could buy like a pretend fireman costume. True. That's but true. But that's like an occupation. All right, you're going to have to help me with another one, James B. Uh, I think Michael Jackson with his, like, ah. the red uh, the red outfit he wears and if maybe possibly something with the glove. He could possibly have an outfit. Um, and then the last couple I came up with, uh, uh, you know, like the whole, like the Tiger King guy. <laughs> they might sell, like, a Tiger King guy shirt. Yeah, that definitely would be in there somewhere. And uh, the aforementioned uh, JoJo Siwa. <laughs> She makes it twice into this podcast. Very impressive. Thanks. So I actually thought of her for this because of the, you know, they were tied together. All right. So um, anything else on this? Because otherwise I have a little game for us. Um, I don't think so. All right. This isn't a long game. Um, I have five questions for you, Eddie. Ready. And listeners, uh, you could play along as well. You would have to be a little familiar with um, issues 30 to 43. Okay. You did not mishear me, folks. I'm talking about issues 30 to 43 because back in episode, I don't know, of Let's Read Spider-Man, like 28, 29 or so, uh, Eddie, you played a game with me and you asked me a bunch of questions and (laughs) they were about issues 30 to 43. Okay. So I said, all right, Eddie wrote a game, asked me a bunch of questions. I'll just ask Eddie the same questions he asked me. I mean, he wrote the questions. He probably knows the answers. Oh, boy. All right. It's a good thing I looked up uh, 56. That at least gets my mind a little jogged. Yeah. So. All right. Here we go. Eddie, in issues 30 to 43. Okay. How many times was there a successful gas attack? In the well, there's so many gas attacks everywhere. He was just gassed recently by Smite with the Spider Slayer. Six, six successful gas attacks. You would be incorrect, Eddie. There were actually 15 successful (laughs) gas attacks in issues 30 to 43. Gas is a very effective weapon. Very effective weapon. Way too low. All right, here we go. Uh, As Eddie would say, okay, the number is six. The number is six. Okay, Eddie. a final blow punch. Now that means that right. the final punch knocks somebody out. Uh, more or less than six between issues 30 to 43. Final blow punch knocks somebody out. I'm gonna say less, less than that. You would be correct. Whew. It was Jeez. three final blow punches. Panels with helicopters appearing in it hey. between issues 30 and 43. Give me a number. <laughs> Uh, well, higher than three. No, 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 no. We're not playing higher than three. You wrote the questions. Uh, yeah, I know. You can, I just, know. Give me, you can just give me the number. I want to go for um, there are fewer helicopters. Let's go for nine. Eddie, you would be exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a little embarrassing. I pay attention to helicopters that well. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, helicopters were invented, I believe, in uh, the state of Connecticut, where I am right now. There you go. So, okay, so... Amazingly, you got that one completely right. So now you're winning two to one with two questions to go. Wonderful. All right. Eddie, how many times in between issues 30 and 43 did J. Jonah Jameson's cigar fly out of his mouth? 
You know, it was less common then. I'm gonna say less and I'm gonna go with four times. I'm gonna give it to you because it was three times. Oh, that is a man, really good I was guess. Say three. <laughs> no, I'm giving you, I'm giving it to you anyway. That's okay, good okay. Enough. Good All enough. Right, so that's you good. Get that close. That's great. Nice. Yep. Only three times it flies out of his Far mind. less common. Yeah, Ditko, right? That was his era. I didn't like this scar falling out. No, no, it's gotta gotta keep it in there. Yeah. Did you see that Doc Gawk was chewing a cigar in these issues a little bit? I I, I loved when he lit his cigar with his tentacle arm. <laughs> Yeah, it was, was one of my favorite panels in this issue. When he was given that evil soliloquy there, yeah, he made sure he had a cigar this, about the whole time. He was, this means war. That's right. <laughs> uh, last one I'll give you. How many times was Ame seen lying in bed between issues thirty and forty-three? Oh man, that lady. She had a lot of time staying well. She wasn't. She wasn't traveling to Florida as much as she liked. Well, it's definitely more. And I'm going to go for. 17 times. I'm going to give you a full credit on that one because it's 20. Great oh, job. so close. That was so good. <laughs> so a little uh, blast from the past there. Some uh, things that we don't really talk about anymore. We don't really play that. That game's a little tricky because we're not really counting panels un- as much. Under over. It's true. Yeah, it's a little harder. A little harder. But uh, <laughs> hey, it was just something I was, I was listening to one of our previous shows and I thought, you know what? I wonder if Eddie would remember his own stuff. If you wanted to uh, listen to our previous shows, you can always find us on uh, letsreadspiderman.podbean.com. But of course, if you're listening to us now, you know you probably picked up our show on some podcatcher and it's probably all available there as well. Um, but what if you wanted to email us, Eddie? You could email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you can find us at on Twitter at letsreadspidey. Uh, you can support our show by leaving us a five-star rating where you get your podcast. It helps others find us, and it makes our moms proud. This is James B. joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, if someone burns or steals your costume, you can just pick one up at the local costume shop. Goodbye. Goodbye. But he gets up and he just goes to the bugle, completely ignoring like all the good doctors, bed rest, um, you know. And I thought Gwen was going to like hang around to watch him, but I guess she doesn't. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the conflict too, that Gwen was going to yeah. say, I'll no. keep an eye on you. And then he's Don't like, go oh, anywhere, no, I can't. Peter. She's like, I'll stay right here. And he's like, oh, no, I can't leave. You can't, you can't do anything because Gwen's here. But no, that's not a problem. You'd be a coward if you didn't stay to take care of your ulcer. <laughs> What gives me ulcers is that I've been pretty uh, pretty busy lately. So you can help me out. Uh, I know I'm an only child and a control freak. <laughs> True. But I think you should do the um, I think you should do the editing for episode 74 because that takes me a long time. All right, I'm ready. And the other thing I thought of was back around uh, the 12 minute mark, you did your own sound effect for like do 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 going back in time. Um, <laughs> I think we should have an episode where we only do the uh, the sound effects ourselves. Like uh, we'll make our own sound effects for the whole episode. We'll do that in the next podcast. So we'll do, you can do the editing on 74 and on 75, we'll do all our own sound effects. All right. I'm definitely just a you bank You can do the sound on 116. I'll do the sound on 170.